that those are life skills, <laughs> you know. But uh, and this is, I'm, I'm and honestly, and I'm a teacher that I teach less and I give more life skills, and that's just that's just how I've had to do it. Because it's frustrating seeing children come into the classroom without basic knowledge of how to be respectful, mm. but. Those things need to be put at home. I cannot. Hey, what's up? What's up? And welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. Excuse me um, for today. My list is worse because I have a temporary retainer in right now, and I'm just. I'm at the point right now where if they just take all of them out, I'll be good. I just don't want to look. With, I don't want to walk around with the sunken lip feeling. Oh, man, sunken lip thing. But So I'm here today. First of all, I want to send a really big happy birthday out to a good friend of mine, Mr. Martique Smith. Unfortunately, he did not make it to see his 32nd birthday. Um, oh. And I'm you know, still in my, my feelings and emotions from the last week of everything that's been going on, but I'm very proud of how the arts community here the, uh, throughout, not even just the Black arts community, but the arts community has rallied around uh, Martique and celebrating his life and his, uh, his work as an actor and a performer. Uh, and I'm really happy how the family and friends and the art circle here has really just clashed and came together opposed to you know everybody's trying to have their own narrative yeah. uh, shout out to the baltimore sun for writing a really uh great article on um martique and celebration of his work uh in the arts community uh, shout out to Roz for rallying together and giving him a really great uh, candlelight vigil along with David and David Mitchell and Arena Players, who was a host uh, site for it. All of his friends that came out and and uh, me, you know, things like this have happened throughout the last couple of months, but I've kind of stayed back. But Martique meant too much to me for me to just watch it from home. So I really wanted um, to be there and everybody was safe. Everybody was masked up. Um, and today is actually his viewing. If you have not, if you're listening to this and you haven't gotten the information, you can go to my Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook page, my personal page as well, and get the flyer uh, in terms of the information. It's the Wally Funeral Home on Mount Street. I believe that's in the Emerson Village, Lower Emerson Village area. So please, if you can go by there today and um, show your respects. I think Rachel, uh, his wife, and his mom and uh, his children would really greatly appreciate that. If not tomorrow, the funeral is uh, planned and scheduled and going on. Just everybody, please be safe. Please mask up um, because and if you're showing your respect, you want to still be safe. And there will be children and all elders and stuff like that uh, at present. Um, so I'm going to continue to shout him out all throughout the month of September, celebrating his birthday, his life. And I'm, I'm planning some special guests throughout the month to kind of commemorate and celebrate his life. Um, today, I have a very special guest, um, uh, Mr. Kyle A. Jackson. Uh, Kyle has been my most repeated, one of my most repeated guests. 
um, and was actually my first official guest. Um, he didn't realize. Oh yeah. But um, he was. See, okay. you know. And then, and speaking of my very official guest, tomorrow actually marks my seventh year with Be Exposed Radio. Woo. I didn't really do a lot of that because we had the Real Nigga Show, and then Martique passing away, and then I'm just I wasn't in a in a mindset, but I pulled together. You know, at least got Kyle. Black Kyle was able to join us from all the way across the pond um, and came out. Um, but him <laughs> and Terrence, uh, Terrence um, from the show that I was doing um, at the time were my first official guests. Uh, but Kyle went on to be my most repeat guest <laughs> in the history of the show. Um, and it feels good. Um, actually, it's been eight years, but I officially started with uh, Be Exposed in the last seven years and i'm really excited all the things that i've learned all the people that i've met the things that i've gotten to do in association with being on this station and with the artist exchange i'm really excited so we're going to talk a little bit about that um and i think i just that was everything yeah so um today's <laughs> topic i thought i had a whole list of things but i try to combine two of them in one uh, but today's topic is, should I stay or should I go, is really kind of a nod to this, what I would think, or what I would call it as a possible Black exodus from the mm -hmm. United States. Um, this last year was the year of return, so many people began to venture out to Africa and rediscover it for themselves personally or discover it for the first time. So a lot of people um, went and visited various places in Africa, M mainly what I was hearing was Ghana and Nigeria and South Africa. And a couple of people I know went to Kenya. And mm. this exploring it and, and figuring out, you know, is it possible to live there? Many of the countries in Africa are offering and the Caribbean are offering, um, you know, a new home uh, and asking people to come back. Um, can you kind of move your head a little bit center for me, Kyle? You kind of off the screen a little bit. But um, yeah, so myself and Kyle, we talked uh, on and off about what that was like. Kyle has already started the process. Uh, He's probably never coming back. So um, That's not true. shout out, That's not shout out true. to him. <laughs> and, and I mean, but it's okay because, you know, we've talked and I was looking at um, possibly Canada, because um, mm -hmm. I can't do that heat all the time. Now, I've, you know, started researching Switzerland, um, Nigeria, and South Africa. I'm looking at what that would be like um, for me to move over there or move independent on my own, which is scary. Um, but those places, I know people, so I could mm. possibly learn a little. Um, shout out to Mr. Fola. He don't know I'm calling him, but hey, Mr. Fola, I might be coming over this. <laughs> I need a bid soon. Uh, but I'm really excited about the possibility. But many of us are no longer happy. And not to say we always were, but I, don't, I think the re reality of another four years of Trump um, is scary to many yep. of us. And it's it seems like the four years that we've gone through so far has shown us where the next four years could go. And for me, I don't want to live in a country that I'm just a social security number to them. I'm not yeah. valuable. I'm not a commodity outside of what I could 
give or how I can help them become richer. Uh, uh, but these are new things, but I think a lot of people are waking up to the possibility of the United States may be on the road to failure, ruin, because every great empire in history has fallen. Every yeah. great empire at some point has fallen. Some has taken longer than others to get to that point, but I don't think the United States is above reproach at this point, but I wouldn't want it to happen. But what does it look like? Should I stay or should I go? Um, so I'm going to ask Kyle to introduce himself uh, and we can get right into the conversation. Hopefully, Curtis will be joining us shortly as well, but I don't know. So we're going to go with what we have and we're going to do our thing. So what's up, Kyle? Oh, he froze, man. Oh, I hate that feeling. Is it him <laughs> or me? Is it you? Are you good now? I, okay. I'm good. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. But hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Um, so Nate was asking me to introduce myself, and I'm probably introducing myself for like the 105th time on the show, but that's okay. Um, but this is a different format. You have never been on this format before. You've been to all the other... <laughs> I, I yeah you're right. I have moment. never been. I have never. This is the first. Okay, so this, this is, is the first quarantine this home edition of the Artist Exchange. <laughs> All right. So so yeah. So I'm Kyle Jackson. I am uh, an actor, writer. I've been doing probably more writing than acting lately. Uh, I work for Barrel Magazine, I'm which just is. Which is basically a lifestyle magazine for bears. If anybody doesn't know who bears are, bears are the larger, hairier men in the, the gay community. Um, I oh have been doing that. Can y'all hear me? Here we go. Hello? Go ahead, Kyle. Keep going. Okay. Oh, his screen So, Kyle. And so, in addition to him being a uh, awesome, can you you can yeah. hear me now? Yeah. Go ahead. I was about to introduce you, but go ahead. <laughs> so, so basically, what what did you hear? What did y'all hear me say? Uh, you started off with the larger, hairier. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm I'm working with I'm doing some work with with Bear World Magazine, um, writing stuff for them, uh, for the magazine, and also hosting the podcast. Um, so I'm, I have my own podcast right now, the Bear World Podcast, which you can hear. You can go to www.bearworldmag.com and you can hear me on the podcast. But anyway, um, so that's what I've been doing. And I like it. I like what I'm doing uh, right now. But like, as Nate said, there's a lot going on in the world right now, especially with black people. A lot going on. Um, and right now well first of all before i go into all that can i just stop for a second and, and um also pay my respects to martique mm. um who who was my little brother and my friend um that hit me hard after all the crazy stuff that we've been through i mean it's been some crazy shit this entire year but mm -hmm. to, to have that i was not expecting for nate to call me and tell me that so i'm just like what the absolute can I, I can curse on the radio what the fuck i was literally just like what the fuck like i i just couldn't like i couldn't i just couldn't fathom what was happening so um but yeah martique every time i had something that i was doing 
Martique was one of the first people to know about it. Martique was in my first show that I wrote and directed and produced, which was at the Strand Theater. Martique was in my production, my self-produced production of The Brother Size that I did in 2013, where he play, played my little brother. And I, I literally called Martique and asked him to do that because like, I was so always so enthralled with Martique and his performances on stage and stuff. So that really, really, really shook me. So pay my respects. I can't make it because I was not able to get a plane ticket like in such short notice because this was so like un I didn't I I didn't know trust nobody knew this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> but I did we did his New Orleans crew, me, Elisa and, and Riga, we um put together and sent some flowers for the funeral and everything just to pay our respects because we are his New Orleans crew. We were his crew of people from from the NL. We we love him so we just wanted to make sure that we let everybody know um how we felt but with that said like 2020 has been the craziest year we got stuff happening not only with the pandemic which is which is they they have found out you know is affecting black people more than any other race of people in the country right now or in the world right now it's affecting black people um but then on top of that stress on top of that craziness we got all the stuff with, you know, all the stuff we've been going on since 2012, it feels like. I mean, it's been before that, but it's, it feels like this most recent iteration with all this violence towards Black people started in 2012 with Trayvon Martin, and it just been mm-hmm. going on over and over and over and over again. And it's reaching that boiling point where people are fed up, Black people are fed up with not being respected and not being treated right. Um, White people, some of them can't get it together and understand where black people are coming from and like really, you know, just like really check their privileges, you know what I'm saying? And the things that they have that we have never really had the chance to have in America because we were prevented from having it. And it's just reaching the boiling point. The entire American system is literally created on it's built on the back of slavery and genocide and all these and supremacy and and all these things and it's really just it's getting to a head now and that head is about to be popped and i can feel it i can feel it like i can feel the tension i can feel everything um my my partner who is white um who is the first white person i've ever even thought about being in a relationship with, and he ain't American. So that goes to show you what I feel about a lot of these white American people. But, <laughs> but like, That's you true. know, even he, even he said, you know, you know, when he comes to America, he's like, when he visits me in New York, he's like, you can feel the tension. He was like, you can literally feel the tension with like the racial tension in America right now. And it's very uncomfortable. And he was, thinking about moving to America for the longest he's wanted to live in New York City. But like his whole mind and attitude about it is changing now because of Trump, because of all the racial tension, because of all the stuff that he's seeing. And he watches this stuff more than I do right. every day. And he's pissed off about it. And like it's it's it's, it's at a point because I talked to Monty about it uh, and many times on the show based on the conversation that you and I have and a couple of my other friends that live abroad have, uh, people aren't as optimistic about America, you, the United States more yeah. importantly, 
as they used to be. But yeah. at the same time, uh, based on what has happened during this moment of uh, unrest and, and the pandemic, places where you are, you're in the UK right now. So you also have, uh, you can feel it there. It's not just being here, mm-hmm. but people around the world seems, the black and brown people around the world are now feeling it. Uh, and demonstrations that. are happening around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how is it there uh, in comparison to? Because you were there, you were here for the first month, couple months of the pandemic. Then you went yeah. over, over there. So how is it different? Not just on the side of the pandemic, but just the, the in terms of Black Lives Matter and uprising and protests and, and such. Over here, everybody is still it's everybody's still feeling it. Like, you know, I was I was I was in New York for the pandemic from from March when it first began all the mm-hmm. way to the end of June is when I left to come to uh, New York, and I waited until like, you know, like all the the infection numbers were going down in New York because New York was one of the hardest hit, and mm-hmm. and so was London, which is where I'm at now, and like. Both of us were like, okay, we, you know, he couldn't come to America because Trump blocked everybody from coming into America. But I right. could come over. I could come over here. I just had to quarantine for two weeks, and we just decided to have me come over here. Um, the day before I came over here, um, there was a, I think there was a protest or like a, um, a demonstration. And, you know, they've been having protests and demonstrations and everything. And like, it's gotten, even over here, you know, it's gotten violent, you know, mm-hmm. with white people like threatening to, to to beat people up and, you know, in the streets. I don't think it's gotten as violent, but there was a, there was a lot of unrest here, you know, and some people were like, there were people like, well, what are they protesting over here for? Because this isn't even happening over here. And so like, I guess, I think, the thing about the thing that I see over here is that the UK is traditionally sort of like turn the other cheek or turn a blind eye. Like not they really like discuss to, it really. Yeah. They like to like do that whole, like that's not our business. We're going to stay out of it thing. But like now I feel like they're starting to realize like this, this is everybody's business. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like they're starting to come come into that realization that this is everybody's business. We can't do that anymore. We don't have the luxury of doing that anymore. Of you Especially know, when saying, you make oh, your when I your economy is based on a lot of what we give to it, so you can't ignore money issues. And they're looking at it as us just complaining about financial issues, but it looks like mm-hmm. they were they were bringing down yep. statues and stuff over there. So. The problem yeah. is worldwide, wherever you find black and brown people. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they're starting to realize. And so that that part of it is good. Um, even the, the black people over here, like I have this conversation all the time, black people over here, they're black, but they have a, they have a different experience. Um, they, they still just, they still, you know, um, are discriminated against. They still face discrimination of course um mm-hmm. but it's in a different way like i said i feel like america is like literally i i feel like america is literally built on supremacy white supremacy and 
all of these things are built into the fabric of our country. And it's not like that here, you know, there was like slavery and racism and stuff here, but it almost feels like it happened on a very, on a, such a smaller scale mm. um, than, it, than it did in America. Or, or it's, it wasn't as, as outright as it is in America. People in America were like, we're going to lynch niggas type of people. Where these people are just sort of like it, it, it can be sort of a, uh, what do you call it? Um, subtle. The race racism can be very subtle, but it's not. It, it doesn't appear to be as violent, and it doesn't appear to be as like as toxic as as it is in America sometimes. And so, and that's just my perception being an American here. There are people, there are black people from the UK that might say something completely different, mm-hmm. but um, but because they do face racism. But the thing is like. It's American racism is just a whole nother beast. And and so people are starting to wake up and realize, you know, that, wow, this is really happening to people around the world and we need to do something about this. So I, I feel that energy over here, too, like something is about to happen. People don't know what it is, but something's about to happen. It, it's unfortunate right now because, well, I, I'm not for us, but for um, I'm one of the things that I'm worried about are, are children um, mm-hmm. and how this impacts tomorrow. Um, right now, we're, we're seeing here in the States where we are, our numbers haven't really stabilized or just, you know, stopped growing. Uh, and we're, we're struggling with, you know, how we're treating our students. Now, more of the private schools are more equipped to um, private and parochial schools are, are more equipped to doing virtual learning where most of our inner city students aren't. So right now, there's a big question as to next week uh, when a, a large majority of uh, students will go back to school, will they, you know, send a lot of our inner city students back to school? And is you know, race seems to come up in every single facet whether it's the healthcare yep. or financial or now education. Um, and it seems like we keep getting the the lower end of the stick um, in yep. every situation. Um, it appears that uh, we have Curtis has joined us. Um, are you there, Curtis? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> he is. I'm doing, uh, I'm doing is, hands-free driving, so. Okay. Be safe. Yeah. Be safe. Be safe. All right. But um, in, in terms of our conversation today, we're talking a lot about um, just the, the potential 2020 exodus of Black people from this country, which is the United States. Um, and it's, it seems like something that's far-fetched, but many people have already started. We have a growing population of um, like tiny house people and off the grid people that are growing within the United States. We have a lot of people who are seeking um, uh, dual citizenship from other countries. A lot of people who have already started, um, well, a lot of people already started it, but now it's become a, a, a stronger connection. I'm seeing that a lot of people have already moved to Africa and, and building that um that kind of journey, that road to people being able to easily transition over. You're starting to see it more. I'm starting to see more videos from YouTube with people showing us the the property over there, the real estate, 
how to, you know, what to wow. do, what not to do. People are already starting uh, to now plan to move um, to Canada. Now people talking, Monty was talking about Mexico and or uh, the DR. Um, a lot of people no longer want to be in this country because we don't feel, we never feel protected, but now it is obvious that we're not being protected. Um, and I asked Kyle to come on one for one reason. Um, I wanted to, you know, see what it, what the possibility is in, in moving out. And and Kyle hasn't officially moved yet, <laughs> but I don't I believe uh, it's a far-fetched idea. Um, but me and Kyle were talking about dual citizenship, so not necessarily leaving the United States, but living there with the possibility of coming and me and Monty spoke on Monday um will it be a country for us to come back to or if he gets another four years will we be allowed to come back after seeking dual uh citizenship or moving to another country will we be allowed and this this feels like uh that era where black people were being blackballed and such where people felt the need that they had to be you know, they had to move over, you know, to the other country just to find safety or to be able to live a normal existence. Um, we have many, Eartha Kitt, um, uh, what's his name, the writer, uh, many of the Harlem Renaissance writers and poets and individuals, they left their, they, they were often, they died overseas because they wanted to uproot themselves and move out. But in terms of you, Kyle, what would life be without the United States? Or do you see a life without the United States? Oh, his computer froze. You want to answer that question, Curtis, while we wait on Kyle to come back? Um, I think America is the greatest country in the history of civilization. I think my ancestors paid a hefty price for America to become America. Mm -hmm. So um, I have no problem with people who want to leave, leaving. I mm -hmm. say good riddance. Um, and for the people who want dual citizenship, that's cool too. But um, I think it's foolish for us after all that our ancestors have gone through to make America great as it has been, as it continues to be. It's not perfect, but it's going to get better if we decide to make it better. I think it would be foolish right now to go anywhere and think that it's going to be a place better than America. Now, if it's if for certain individuals, it may be, but in the, in the wide, big scope of things, I, I I think America is where it is and it's only going to get stronger. Now, if you think that some of us who leave here and are privileged enough to leave here, uh, no matter what our status may be, but primarily people who have a little bit of money or people who, uh, you know, their arts and their careers can take them other places. I think that, um, you know, it's nothing wrong with taking advantage of those opportunities, but so-called black American people as a community, a collective, um, just abandoning the ship 
after all of the blood that has been spilled uh, for anybody to come here. Because think about it. You, 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 you want to run, but everybody else is trying to get here. And I don't know nobody from Nigeria that's talking about going back there. I don't know nobody from Jamaica even that's talking about running back there. Well, I don't you, know I would, nobody from I would, Cuba I would really, who's talking I would about really, running back there. I would really so, begin to reach out to people outside of this country, and none of them, for the most part, are looking at the United States as the place to be right now. None of them are. And it, it has nothing to do with the pandemic at all. But many they, people that I've personally spoken to that and I have people that live on army bases around the world. Who okay, they're living on the army. So, so let me say this about the people that's leaving real quick. And this is something I'm going to show you. Almost none of them motherfuckers is in the trenches. They're not in the real hoods in these countries they're going to. So all this bullshit they talking. I know people that's that get true, up and though. leave. Listen, bro, that's they not are not. That's listen, you cannot well. leave here and go to the hardest part of Nigeria and think that you're going to just live, live some kind of easy, schmeezy life. That is some nonsense. There's niggas over there that got to walk but, two miles to get water to wash their Understanding where we are they right not, now in the country, nobody, I, I don't think anybody wants to leave the United States that is from here. My problem is, my problem is life somewhere else seems better and it feels better even the unknown feels better than what we have right now. And it may not be an How? issue for you. How? It may not be an issue for you, sir, but many of us are struggling with our our patronism, our our uh, love for this country, because many of us, myself, and I can't speak for Kyle, but I'm quite sure he believe understands it to a certain degree. We've tried it. We we are we're waiting for that promise. And it, every year it's being pushed on. You gotta give yourself the problems. Oh, yeah. I'm not on. asking these white let people me, for nothing, bro. That's how. That's how we'll push that. Go ahead, Kyle. I, I think. I think it's. You know. I think it's. 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 It can be looked at so many different ways. There's so many different like um, opinions about like what 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 we can what we can do. I think just for some people, some people do have the attitude, which I understand. You know, like we fought too hard to be here. I'm not leaving. <laughs> You know, and that's that's a valid that's a valid way to look at it. But then there are some people who kind of feel like, you know, they've especially people who have been in, you know, the who who served the country in like the Marines or the Army or something, or people who have had family members who were, you know, black people who were police officers. I've heard of police black police officers walking away from their positions because they just can't do it anymore. You know, and 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 like people who have served this country who feel like a little bit like they're in an abusive relationship, you know, like I'm in an abusive relationship with my country because I love my country, but my country doesn't love me. My country. Hold on, when you say they're walking away from their job because they can't take it anymore, can't take what? What What are you talking about? They can't Can't take take what? Because I don't get that. They can't take. They can't take what? They can't handle the job anymore. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We, I'm, I can't do that today because I, I just don't. So I want everybody to listen to each other. No, I'm saying can't take what everybody I don't, all has a perspective. So I just because this, this is my this is my problem. Sometimes we throw out blank statements or words. Many, for these example, many who understand these are many not blank statements. No, wait a minute, Curtis. These many are not blank who? statements. These are individuals 
who really feel that way. I have so family say members individuals. as well as friends say. within, with just within the police department and okay. the services that no Hold longer feel the same obligation to that job and that career path that's what I'm they saying. Did going when into. you say they feel they can't, but you have to it. listen. Are to you saying that they feel? No, I did listen, but I'm asking him to clarify something he said. He said, feel they can't take it. It. What is the it? What are you talking about? Because I know people, we had this discussion, and I said, I know people who are walking off of the job as officers because they feel that their rights are being violated, not by white people in the street or nothing like that. They feel like they are not going to get due process. So are you talking about that they feel like it's no due process for them doing their job? Or are you talking about they don't t- like how they see black people being treated? Which ones are you talking about? That's they, what I'm trying to get at because everybody doesn't Curtis, feel this. let him answer the question, Curtis. Let him answer I was, the question. I was talking specifically about black people who don't like how black people are being treated. Okay. Um, That's, black, okay, thank you. Black police officers who don't like how black people are being treated and they don't want to work for mm-hmm. a system where they feel like black people are not being treated right right they're not being treated right that's basically what i was speaking about but there are police officers who are walking away from their jobs also because they don't feel protected in their job as black people mm. so so there are many different facets of it um but as but it's black all, people or as officers because as black, some are thinking as black about people. black some of them all right so what about the ones who identify with the blue and also being black and feel black people are being treated fine but are also walking off the job because they feel that the job is not a safe environment for them like these that's what i mean by these blanket statements man and it's it's not it fair but that's not a black people are not a monolith we are but, not a monolithic and people. nobody is saying curtis nobody is i'm not going to let this conversation go to that point today I refuse to let it go to that point because on this on this platform, we're going to discuss all different perspectives. And I'm not going to have a bunch of Trump rhetoric being brought into but y'all this are not, Hold on. Y'all are not no, discussing I'm, I'm different perspectives. Right You're I'm discussing right one now. perspective yeah, from but, your circle. Yeah, but it's not. You're not discussing the perspective. Because I'm a free black man. So I don't feel that way. But that's why I sent you the link that way. So we can all get our perspectives. Even between me and Kyle, we still differ on various opinions. But what I'm saying today on this platform, unlike any other platform that is out there, I'm going to always allow everybody to have their perspective. And there's, and I'm not a monolith either. I don't prescribe or subscribe to that notion oh, no, that we, this, this country is safe and that I feel safe in this country because I don't. As a black man, and you and I have talked about this. I don't feel safe in this country. And it's not just from other black people. It's from the people who are in power in general, whether they be black faces or white faces or brown or orange or whatever. It's it's the people I don't feel safe with. And right now the conversation is based on, should I stay or should I go? Many people do not feel comfortable and they feel more comfortable going into the unknown situation than they do staying in a country that they've been in for their whole entire life. That's what I'm speaking about. I mean, and I brought I mean, my friend Kyle isn't... on here because Kyle is in, in on that journey right now. He's in between that decision. So I wanted to bring bring about that whole con- conversation because not everybody believes or thinks like you do, Curtis. And I brought you, I sent you the link because I wanted your perspective. I respect well, your perspective. I don't agree with it, but we're going to listen and be heard 
on every facet, on every person that's on this show today. I just don't have the patience for that today. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. Well, I was, what Sorry. I, what I was saying <laughs> was, like, I'm, t- for me, it's, it's different because, like, I'm not, the thing is, like, this whole, everything that's happening is sort of, is sort of happening in, in a sense that I've al- I was already on this path to, like, mm-hmm. trying to, trying to, to move or, like, trying to be in between two places. But that was just because of my own personal journey on right. um, what I was doing. But when all of this started happening, it started being a question in my brain is like, you know, because I believe in the universe. I believe in things moving for a particular reason. And I'm like, was this moving me in this reason, in this, in this um, direction mm-hmm. for this reason? And, it, and, you know, people can feel how they want to about that. That may be a little bit too out there, too spiritual for some people. Some people may identify with that. Um, some people may say it, it it was God telling them to move, but like what I'm saying is like just for me, you know, to hear people over here tell me things like my partner tells me things like, you know, um, when you go back to he told me when you go back to America or when you go back to New York, I don't I I don't feel like you're safe. He told me that I didn't tell him that he told me that because he's he's looking at everything that's happening and the way that we are coming across to the entire world right now, whether we want to look at it or not, they, they can see what we can't see. They can see aspects of, of this conversation and all aspects of this, you know, what's going on that we can't see because we're in the thick of it, but they're on the outside looking in and they can see things. And when you have people on the outside and looking in, starting to tell you these things that sometimes it starts making you think like, wait, hold up. What the fuck? is really happening. And so for me, just being being black, cause you know, like I've never had, I've never experienced, you know, someone, a police officer pulling a gun out on me or anything like that. But I have experienced a police officer profiling me at five o'clock in the afternoon while I'm walking to my house in, in Baltimore. And when I lived in, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it, Bolton Hill and stopped me on the corner right before I got to my house and told me I'd fit the description of somebody who just committed a robbery, you know, a few blocks over. And I was coming from work with a bag on my back and like a work work badge on. And I fit the description of somebody that just finished doing uh, a crime looking like that. That told me right then and there that it, the description I fit was black and that was pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? Had so, a comment that came in that said, the last time I left the country, I was asked, where did I come from? And I was embarrassed to tell them uh, the United States of America. That mm-hmm. seems like a, a issue that I'm hearing from people. And this is not just, I don't I don't think that this is just a couple people who don't like Trump or don't like Republicans. I think it's an it issue is. that we've been <laughs> feeling. No, a lot of us have been feeling this for a long time. My, my fervor and my energy behind this is because now we are seeing the blatant disrespect, the blatant this oppression that we all know was there. We all have personal experience. Myself and I talked about the incident where I've never been pulled over by a police officer until me and Kyle went to a trip to Philly one time. And just mm-hmm. me going across the street to the, the market, I mean, to the shopping center, I was stopped by two police officers in the midst of the Freddie Gray uprising. And I was afraid to tell them where I was from because it would only fuel it. And once they saw my ID, it was like, 
it, it became it became a battle at that point, almost them mocking me because of where I come from. And that that was scary to me because I didn't have my, you know, I couldn't call Kyle. Kyle didn't even know where I was at the moment. I I I'm not from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New Jersey, so nobody knew me. And we were in the midst, we was like behind a a, a bank. So it was like, yeah. you know, it would it would have been nothing for them to do something to me or turn me away, or it, it would have been none of those things. And many of it's not about this isn't about Trump. It's about the world that has come out of hiding since he's become president. No, 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 that's wrong. Sir, it's I don't, not a I don't world know that what, came out I don't know what type of black you are, but that's, the type of black I world. am, I can feel That's so not a world. Well, so Nate, let me on. let me put it this way. I don't Nate, even. I, I want Curtis. I want Curtis to talk word. about what kind of black. What 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 is your experience being a black man in this country? Well, I've had the police pull guns on me. I know what that is, but I've also had black men do it many times more. So for all this stuff that like, I'm a, see people think I'm a supporter of one thing or another. What I it am is a sovereign, a yeah. sovereign individual. That's how I see myself. When you start to recognize your own divinity, you realize anywhere you go on this planet, you got to aspect the God in you. And you're responsible for your own safety. Point blank. I don't care if I'm in Ethiopia, Canada, or Baltimore City. I'm responsible for me. I don't trust nobody to take care of me or look out for me more than I look out for myself. So with that in mind, if I'm in Baltimore, I'm going to move a certain way. If I'm in France, I'm going to move a certain way. I'm not going to live my life by fear. And I understand that people, if anything, they're more afraid of me as a so-called black man. But I don't like using that word black to describe myself because of the energy that's attained to it. When did we start calling ourselves black? When they told us to. So I'm not going to use that word. I'm an original man. That's what I am. I've been here before they got here. I'm going to be here when they gone. And the proof is on the continent of Africa. Right now, the, the average age of citizens on the continent of Africa is 19 years. That would be the same for the black community right here in America if we were not killing our children. See, we would have, so a lot of our problems are bigger problems. We need to be more concerned about how safe we are about around ourselves. When we change that, everything else changes. When we start to recognize God in ourselves, everything else changes. I ain't worried about a cop. And I ain't worried about the nigga on the street no more, neither. If we want to change this, we could change it tomorrow. What y'all want to, we're going to complain, we're going to cry, we're going to talk about somebody else taking responsibility for us, or are we going to fix it? Nobody, nobody is pointing any fingers at this point, Curtis, but many of us don't feel comfortable. Many of us just want to be, many of us want to feel comfortable here. You should Many never feel us, comfortable here. No, no, I'm going to feel comfortable where I lay my head, where I pay my bills, where I vote, where I do my... But that's not reality, business. bro. That's not that's reality. My rea that, but that's you got a target on your back. That's you got a target your on your back whether you accept it or that's not. That's not your reality, Curtis. But you in, got my, a target. in my reality, you my have world, a target I'm feel on your back. And if it, if it takes you, me moving to another country or going somewhere else to feel that level of comfort, that's what I'm going to do for me personally. You could do and that. But you think, you gonna, you you think you're not going to face but the same problems speak, there? But you can't you speak think, for everybody. You can't speak for everybody in that moment. And I, we may see the same issues if we move to Africa 
or the or you know Europe or wherever else we decide. But here so let, we, let me we are you. just speaking about and, I, and that argument about we fought too hard. We didn't ask to come here. So the fight that we was fighting, some of us were already here, bro. Some of that is a myth. Some of that is a myth because some of us were already here. Some of us was already here. So, so, so my point. Hold on, no, that's not a belief. That's not a belief. That's a fact. Some of us were already here. Hold on, excuse me. Excuse me. History shows. History shows that we were here before Columbus. I, if you're going to argue that, then not, you're, that you're living in an sir, alternate sir, reality. Sir, my Curtis, point I, I is, hold on. Wait a minute, Curtis. I said so, at the top of the show, we're going to stay on topic today. We are on, I'm, we are I'm, on topic. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it, Curtis. We're staying on this. topic. This is my point. I'm not going off. This we're is my point. I didn't even bring up Trump. So, so you just did. You just did. Curtis, I'm, I'm going to say it one more time. Either you will comply or we're not having this conversation. Because that's, that's not cool. what my conversation that's cool. was. What I'm saying is you're, you're talking about safety. So I'm making a valid point. We are prisoners of war. We are prisoners of war. How are you going to feel safe in the war? That's not even grounded in reality, bro. That's not even grounded in reality. Curtis, you are Curtis, in a war right now. This one last time. Don't speak for me. You're in a war. Speak for me. You are Don't in a war. Speak for me. You, you are, are in, in a war. war. You are in a war. I'm going to say this to you one last time. Either we're going to deal with this in a civil way or you're not going to be on here. And I, I don't okay. want to get into that point, but and I, that, can't, I can't have that And that's fine because you're shooting one perspective off. And that's it's okay. Not. It's You're your show. And it's your you right to the, do that. You know what, Marnie, But I'm a I'm free black man. I'm going to cool. say, let him that's go. Cool. Let that's him cool. go. Mm -mm, we're not doing that today. Because that's part of the reason I have these conversations now and I feel more comfortable having them. Because I'm not wow. going to build in a moment where we're not willing to listen to each other. I don't give a damn where Trump is. Trump is going to be comfortable with or without us. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having that. So if you call in or if you're a guest on the show, I'm not saying you have to believe what I believe, but I'm not going to speak hatred and I'm not going to fill this moment with hatred. This is the one moment I, out of the week where I get to be peaceful and I don't have to deal with the, the others or the other things that's out there. What I'm trying to understand, ahead, what I'm trying to understand about his perspective, and I was like, just sitting here quiet because I'm like, this is your show and I'm gonna let I'm you not, handle I'm it. Not quiet. You know that I'm not doing that. I know. And I don't feel I'm, any I don't feel comfortable doing that. I've never had to kick somebody off a show before. What I'm saying is, Kyle, and I'm gonna let you I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's just no, how we have to deal with each other. Because it's not your it's 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 the same thing as a rich problem. If you're rich, you don't really I don't really have to deal with that. If you're under the radar. And you're not dealing with the day to day. I don't feel comfortable in this country. Us going to New Jersey that mm -hmm. time, <coughs> my whole mm -hmm. outlook on living in Philly changed that day. Because if I've never had to deal with that in the city that I'm that I'm I'm coming from, I, I'm never I'm never going to move somewhere and have to deal with those things. So I'm glad we did test the waters out, but I, I I'm not I'm not for that you know one sided. I can't do it. Go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. 
you said you don't understand that perspective. I think that's what you were saying. Oh, his, his screen froze again. Froze. So, He's frozen. Huh? So he froze. Yeah, he frozen. One of the things I'm just at this point, I'm I'm just in a space because this is why we won't, we won't, we won't get past this moment. And it's gonna be hard for us to get past this moment because we have individuals like Curtis that don't just don't want to see the reality that everybody else is seeing. He's made decisions, and I'm not gonna pick on Curtis because there are many people like Curtis that feel the way Curtis feels. That's why I always wanted him to have his perspective on our Friday shows because there are many people that we're coming across and we're seeing in the news or social media that, that feel that way. And I understand I understand that perspective because I've been that angry before, but I no longer want to work within anger anymore. I don't want to deal with life in anger. And I don't see leaving as a, as a flea <clears throat> I see it as a possibility for me to grow outside of that. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm tired of living in a country where I don't feel comfortable. And you can make your house and your home as comfortable as I'm possible. Tired of but living at in some the... point, you still got to leave out that door. I'm tired of living in a country where your own people are getting sadder. Yeah. Yeah. No one is being lifted up by their bootstraps. It's just a bunch of sadness and death and cruelty dealing with stuff. and in a system and, and again they're using the right words they're just not portraying the right people for me because yeah. they're using the right words yeah. when they say it's systematic because when you say it's systematic that means it's hitting every facet of a person's life and it is and it's it's i don't know when i started to realize it but i remember learning about it as a child and then starting to see all the areas that we are, were affected by it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't, you don't understand it when you've been, you've lived a certain way. And it, it was because my mother sheltered me and made our home kind of my solace. So I didn't have much understanding of street life until I became an adult. So a lot of that understanding, I'm so angry at this point because I don't, I've watched the whole week of the RNC and I watched many of the black speakers and many of the white speakers deny the existence that I live in. It was, and the only time they pointed out <coughs> as a young lady that's running from the seat that Kwaisi and Fume is, is, is holding right now, she pointed it out only <coughs> as a means to shut us down. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with where we really were. You you back Kyle? Yeah, I'm. Um, I don't know what what happened. It was. Uh, let me see if ocean. I stop sharing my video for a second. Can, is that better? We can still yeah, hear you. Can, yes. Yeah, it's, it's the ocean. Hard. It's the ocean. We get it. Body is. Uh, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, we can hear you. We can okay. Hear you. The ocean is breaking up your um your signal. I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now. Atlantic. It's it the Atlantic it Ocean. Wi-Fi. All of us going through that right but, now. But um. Hello, we can we got you, Kyle. You're there. Okay, we can hear the waves. No, though. but his 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 perspective was skewed, um, and he was saying like yours was skewed. But like, I I really don't. I I was sitting here because I'm really trying to understand what he's talking about, and I couldn't understand anything that he was talking about. It just sounded like he was trying to blame all the problems of black people on black people. 
and just like how what where does that come from Mm -hmm. well it comes from it in my opinion i'm not going to speak as this is as my opinion is law or fact i believe that perspective comes from us being tired us being tired of always being less than yeah. And us wanting us fighting to be respected, us fighting to be counted, our our perspective and being wanted to be chosen and wanted to be outside of that thing over there. And I and I remember first understanding that because once I became an adult and wasn't under the 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 reins of my mother, I felt that. Like, how could you just get high your whole life? Or mm. how can you just be on social service your whole life mm. and not understand that the system was made for them to depend on it? Mm. Yeah. Depend on those things that make us look bad or make us embarrassed. And whoever he was, Curtis, he was trying to deny that. He was trying to deny mm. that a system has been put in place to keep black people down. And I'm, I'm like, how, how can you deny that looking at all the things that that are happening around us that, that doesn't make sense and i don't i know and i don't want to i'm not dogging you out at all curtis if you're still listening i know your sister's on the line but i'm not dogging you out at all but that mindset is what is keeping us from really achieving because if there are people out there that think that or feel that that shows the others the powers that be how to treat us we're then telling people well those people don't really want that much more, or we have been always told that our mindset is what's keeping us down. It's not our mindset. It's what we've been indoctrinated to, what's been drilled in our head. If And I always use this example. <clears throat> okay, I have this individual that's on social services that's getting food stamps and maybe a paycheck uh, from social services. Now, I'm being told, go out and get a job. So I go out and get a job. Now I can't afford to eat. I can't afford health care. I can't afford the basic needs in life, let alone all the wants and desires. I can't afford those basic needs. If I go out and get a job right now, jobs aren't giving me 40 hours. Jobs are giving me under 32 hours, under $15 an hour, which we know you need at least at least 20 to $25 an hour to be able to survive, basically survive in this world. People fraughting the system and getting over with the system because it's comfortable. If I know I have $194 to eat off of this month, I know I have that money. With a job, I don't know that. I may not even have $194 to eat off with that month. So that mindset keeps us in a struggle where I can't grow. I would rather sit on social service and know I have at least this amount coming in and I get free health insurance and I get food and I get a bit of money where I can get toiletries. And that's not even a norm for a lot of people on social service. And, And we blame each other so much. And a lot of it, you have to point the four fingers pointing back at you you have to see that the three fingers pointing back at you. You have to understand your responsibility in that. But on a greater scheme, as you said, systematic racism, yeah. it's it's real. It is is not 
I want I want to I wanted to ask him if he I wanted to ask him if he knew, you know, um, about all of the shit that they did to black people in the fifties and sixties when uh, they weren't given they they wouldn't give black people like loans for their homes, you know, and they were giving these right. white people all of this money to move into the city, and they were specifically building it so that black people had to depend on the system and stay in the hood. This is what what America has done to us time and time again. So it's like, you can't really like to deny that to den- him, like speaking against that makes me feel like this. And I, I didn't say a lot of this while he was online because like, well, for one, I couldn't really say anything because he was talking a whole lot and not listening, but like, I'm just sitting here. I was sitting here just listening, like literally just listening to what he's saying. And I was trying to understand. He was trying to understand what I was saying, you know, saying like, you know, I was making a blanket statement, but I thought the statement that I made was very straightforward. It sounded like he was speaking in riddles. He said the same thing I say every, every single Friday. I was like, I'm, I'm just trying to understand, you know, money. Like I'm, 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 I, I don't get it. I just well, there's get... a narrative how there's a narrative how that is out there that everybody isn't unhappy with this country and everybody hasn't been unhappy with this country. And if a black person is unhappy, it has to be something of their own doing. It can't be the United States. And Trump has done everything possible to make to make black people's lives any better. That's a marketing ploy that Trump and his team. And you, put out there. And, and with it, you saying that, Nate, that oh, yeah. and with you saying that, Nate, you know I'm in a different place than most people in the whole entire city of Baltimore. I, my bills are always paid. He's a rich, Marty's a rich bitch. That's what he's trying to say. I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm in a different situation than most people in Baltimore right. City. And my unhappiness does not come from my own life. My unhappiness right. comes from my surroundings. If because I'm surrounded by disappointment, you, you're going to feel disappointed in what you're surrounded by. Right. And I'm but disappointed. You, an individual like yourself, Marnie, you still have a level of concern because you have a business. Right. So people have to support that business. Right. And if people are unable to support it, then my business fails. And then my business fails. And then what am I doing? Yes. So that's that's my perspective. And I don't think anybody is blaming or complaining. I just think many of us are tired of the struggle. I, I'm I'm tired of struggling, and I've worked very hard as an artist, as an entrepreneur, as a black man, where I shouldn't have to worry about those types of things. I shouldn't have to worry about that. I shouldn't. And and we're we're back at this moment again, where we we're colliding with each other, mm-hmm. and we've said many times it's going to take us being able to work together. And being able to see each other's perspective on these issues and not even agreeing, but just being able to understand that you feel this way, you feel this way, but this is something we need. And that need needs to be in the middle. Right now, the need is going back and forth. We need to all have a common need. And we it has to start with respect. It has to start with appreciation for our input. Yeah, we, we have many uh, perspectives based on what your belief system is or your religion is, whether, you know, who was here first. And I don't think that that's a, I don't think you even think that's a part of the equation because we were all in this world together, you know, and, and the fact that we're in this country right now, 
we're having these issues. I really wanted to ask him too. Um, I wish he would have just stayed on, you know. But I couldn't do it no more. I, I, I didn't put. I didn't put it for the record. I did not kick him out. He left. But um, I wish he would have stayed on though, and just you know, level down a little bit. But not not conform, but level down because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was it was a bit much. But I wish I could have asked him because he kept saying we are prisoners of war. What war? Be specific in the war that you're talking about, because if there's it's a war a, going on, the war is the same thing we're talking right, about. Right, but the, the war is uncomfortable. That's the yes. thing. So, for any of us to have a level of comfort to live in this country, we have to end the war. Now, how if you if the, if you're recommended that we're we're prisoners of this war, my question would have been: So, how do we end the war? Mm. And no one is ever going to have an answer to that question. That's that's where we all meet in the middle with that need that I speak about. Mm -hmm. So how do we end this? How do we end this cycle? How do we get ourselves out of this cycle? How do we prevent people from... He don't know. I say he don't know. That's why he can't... That's why he can say it. And like... But and I don't think any of us know. I didn't even know I was fighting a war. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like, he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. With like in, in, in none of us, I wasn't being shady towards him. I was just being honest. Like he don't know. That's why I just, I didn't know I was in a war. You know, I, I, well, right. I want to know what war it is I'm fighting because that knowing that would give me some ammunition to maybe pa- possibly help fight the war. But the war but has never of, been described the, to me. All I see is evil. Speak that we speak about it's honestly, it's a lot that we can do. But a lot of it is these so-called allies. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take other people waking up that are not black. We mm-hmm. have a lot of things to do within our own culture. But a lot of this stuff, systematic racism, we can't destroy that. That has to be destroyed by the creator. And I know the you remember that. what I used to say all the time. It's, it, none of this is going to end. But see, the, the problem also is that it's being indoctrinated into their, into their children. Because I was, right. I, I used to always say this: none of this is going to end until they all die off. The racists have to die off, mm-hmm. but they are now indoctrinating their own children with their beliefs, and it gets which is continuing and, the process. And me, going to, me going to school with a lot of, I think, second, third generation racism. Mm-hmm. The problem is the the younger generation of non-blacks and non and blacks they don't see it as racism. Mm-hmm. This is just how it is. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people who set up these systems and like the projects or social services, these are the great grandparents of the people that we're speaking out, that we're coming in contact with at on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it was. That's just, you know, that's why many of them say, I don't, I'm not racist. I have black friends. But you still let the things happen to your black friends. Mm-hmm. And you could right. you could speak up and say something about it, right? But right. what's right is right. What's wrong is wrong, right? Yeah, and it's it's just I, I don't think any of us have a, a clear answer. And many of us, like for me, me moving to another country, I in my mind that's what solved the problem for me, and that's what I've come up as an individual. Collectively, I don't think we have an answer. And there, no, we don't. Me and you just spoke about this the other day. And what I told you, right. I feel the end result is going to be. And the end result I feel is going to be is the Civil War two, two, yeah. the second Civil yeah. War, because civility is going out of the window. There is no right. such thing as civility today. 
No. Because everybody feels they have the freedom of speech, which they do. Mm-hmm. But your speech well, cannot be derogatory to the next person because they're not going to like it and which is going to cause a fight. Yeah. Because we're not really understanding. We're not really understanding where people coming from. And I and I and then we forget. I mean, and, I, and I say I civil to... war because the last civil war was fought by us. <laughs> right. Majority of us fighting mm-hmm. another war that we had really nothing to do with. And that's we what I was right. about to say it wasn't for us. We <laughs> were fighting a war that wasn't but then, for us. But do you know the difference between that war and the war today would be having us have to fight again, but this time for us? Right. That's right. the difference between the two wars. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. This, this, and this I don't think the outcome would be, like it's going to, I don't think the outcome is going to be pretty. Right, no. because many of us fought that first war. Well, those people fought that first war because we wanted status in this country. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be taken taken seriously. And many of you know our you know ancestors who fought. In right, that but war, this time it's going to be for what what we think is due to us. I, I that civil war is going to be ugly in the fact that we're going to start taking right. things versus destroying it. I think I, I think I think there's a little bit of, of of all of that in it. I think that a lot of it is going to be because people want equality, but some mm-hmm. people want power. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the thing is, yes. like, we want the right the to thing, decide. Yeah, how we and live. Like the, the, the yeah, but is, it still has to be a consensus. As agreed, exactly, exactly. You consensus is the perfect word. And you really want. Supremacy over somebody else or over yeah. your own people. I do believe. I think this is. I think he came back. Hold on. No, that's uh, that's his sister. Okay, good. All right. Hello, Miss Tonia. I know I say your name wrong every time. How you doing? I look a mess right now. <laughs> you somebody mother. You get a pass. You get a pass. I was still kind of working all day. This but is I'm, this is Curtis's sister. I don't know. I I think you and Kyle know each other because y'all both went to Coppin. Yeah, I remember commonality. Hi, sister. Um, <laughs> but I I asked Tonia because she was she was typing her life away in this, this <laughs> section. And it honestly, you Quick know, and I sent a, I just sent a message to Curtis myself, and it wasn't that I don't understand him or even mm-hmm. I'm angry at him. It's just right now I think we need to work on our commonality. And our mm-hmm. that that middle ground because we are losing this war. Like mm-hmm. we just lost somebody again last week. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in the same so, way. Go ahead. I I'm gonna switch my seat a little bit, but um, so it's so many different facets of this conversation that I want to tap into, right? Mm-hmm. But I thought, I, that's why I just said no more because um, I couldn't address one. So the main thing is like we really have to pay attention to language that we use when we're addressing yes. things mm-hmm. um, because that's probably why he stated. I wasn't on when Cal made his statement, but that's probably mm-hmm. or or the other young man. But that's wow. probably why he said it was a blanket statement because of the language. So yeah. we got to be careful of the language that we use because that's how the hearer is going to perceive it. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure whatever language we use is not inclusive. Um, for or a cover, you know, speaking for right. everyone, but it's our point of view, right? Our opinion, which everyone is entitled to. 
Mm-hmm. Secondly, we got to make sure that we don't negate somebody else's experience or opinion um, or how they view things because our reality forms, right? Our perception, our perception. And so mm-hmm. we can't denounce someone else's perception because mm-hmm. we haven't walked in their shoes because that's still someone else's reality. Right. And not only that, we have to understand that that's not just how they feel, mm-hmm. but that's one voice of many. And your voice is one of many. So um, we have to make sure that we're listening, but it also has to be a receiver or hearer as well, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, right. you learn that in communication, speech 101, whatever. And this, is, this is, well, Antonia, and I, and I remember having similar conversations with you, but at the same time, we all are coming from different perspectives and we were all raised mm-hmm. in a certain perspective. And I, and I understand that, but what has to happen is we have to drop, and not necessarily drop it, but leave those things that built us kind of to the side for a second and be able to hear where other people are coming from. Because I think once we do that, they will say, well, they didn't get this information. Let me give them the information that I have and let me receive the information, as you just said, that they mm-hmm. have, because that's that's what the problem is. We're learning these things as we're going along and that knowledge is no longer a tool. It becomes a weapon. And that, so that me, weapon then keeps us distant. Let me say this. Um, so in reality, there has been a generation that has dropped the ball of yeah. not relaying information, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's why we have a lot of angry young people right now because yeah. they didn't pass on knowledge, understanding, um, and critical things that we needed to know. History. As history real history not mm-hmm. written history but you know we, we come from a people where everything was oral and right. so yeah, we no longer exactly. have that tradition any longer and so it's a lot of missing parts for us understanding who we are where we come from and what we're capable of doing right that's one right. Right. Two, even in the written history we have to be able to decode some things and one of the things that we all can agree on is that they didn't um write out or count every person that was here, right, mm-hmm. um, of right. color. So um, we don't know if it's more of us or less of us, right? We can only go by what they state, okay? Right. So this is me um, hitting towards some of the things he's saying uh, because mm-hmm. I do understand the feeling of or the thought of saying, you know, um, well, uh, systematic racism, systematic racism, systematic racism, that's true, right? But mm-hmm. we beg to be a part of a system that wasn't made for us in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Hence mm-hmm. integration. So it wasn't, even when they integrated, it really wasn't for the benefit of us. It was still to keep us down below. So we right. integrated ourselves with the system. We um, obey a um, constitution that was not outlined for us because we were considered chattel. And it talked about, you know, all, we hold these truth for, you know, to be self-evident, all men are created equal, but we were not even created. To, we were not even we called considered those men, men at the time. So it wasn't even written for us. We have laws that aren't written for us. We have, um, you know, all types of things, ordinances that were not created for us. Mm-hmm. So um, in that being stated, I understand why he's where his mindset is. We have proven ourselves to ourselves mm-hmm. over and over again to create different ways um, for us to be successful um, without being a part of a system that was never created for us. Right. It wasn't just one Black Wall Street. We've had several, right? Mm-hmm. And we created over and over again many times in our little circles, our little villages. We have one but that's emerging right now. Right. But we have not, we um have not yet 
put together an agenda, a mass agenda, right? Um, mm-hmm. That would be successful for us now, right? Because um, they have evolved. We haven't in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So now we're behind, okay? Now, um, in stating that, I think what I'll say about my brother is my brother is very passionate, mm-hmm. right? He's extremely right. passionate. Um, he's um he and, and he's he's very frustrated with us as a people right. um, because he's tired of us feeling like um we're fighting to still be apart when we are mm-hmm. a set apart people in the beginning, right? right? Um, that's why they they fight to harvest our organs. That's why they fight to do so many things. That's why they're still in our kids. That's why we're going through these because we're clearly a set aside people, a set apart people, right? And mm-hmm. so. He's frustrated with that. But let me, I'm going to tell you some of the frustration. My brother used to teach, right? And so I don't know if he ever told you this, mm-hmm. but in him just speaking to one of the young men about a, a very young boy about his pants being down and the way he was talking, the mother came in and wanted to fight him, right? Um, but we fussed about not having enough Being black male man teachers. teachers as well. So oh, we yeah. That. You know, his frustrations, what I want to say is his frustrations are valid, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because because we've had this gap in generation, and I hate to say it, but I'm about to say some stuff. I don't care. You've probably seen some of my interviews with people. Mm -hmm. I get crucified on the regular, so I really don't care. But um, what I'm about to say, a lot of Black men women might want to fight me afterwards. I got hands. It's okay. But the problem is the Black women. Mm -hmm. Us Black women... um, we we want to yell equal, 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 but let's be realistic. We have been set in the forefront because systematically, the system that we decided mm-hmm. to be a part of has destroyed the family and put the black woman in a place where she had to be the headship. Now look at us. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but now it has become generational thought that you can raise that baby by yourself. So we're okay with a fam- our families being broken, right? right? Don't worry about him, girl. Leave that alone what no because this young black man still need to see an older black man making it right mm-hmm. still need mm-hmm. to see him uh, working by the sweat of his brow still seeing him pro- being a provider right but you know we come up with all these thoughts and then we become overbearing on our young black men and um you know then we have young boys not liking their own mothers because the mothers have now became the headship and the authoritative figure and then mm-hmm. our minds are warped because the same thing you talked about, the cycle of welfare and all those things. Mm-hmm. And so they see a mother that doesn't want to get up, that doesn't want to do nothing. And she, all she sees is what's outside of her front door. So she doesn't have a mind to fight beyond that. And no, she's better than that. She's bigger than that. She's power, more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, even with me, Nate, you know, part of my story when I was in college, got pregnant, me and my son, mm-hmm. we co-parent five. Um, and I see how some women, they look at me like, I'm strange because I can get on the phone and laugh with my son's father. Um, right. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to hate him because we didn't make it. We didn't work. No, I'm going to push him still. He gets with right. other women and date other women. I date other men. And a lot of the women get mad because they feel like we're going to fix it because we're okay. That lets me mm. know our community is used to dysfunction. So a lot of yeah. black women cannot function without dysfunction. We have women who, because they become the head of the household, feel like it's okay to put their hands on men. And then when they get knocked out, they want to yell, I'm a woman. But you put yourself in a place of a man to be treated like a man. It's so, so many different things I can go into, right? So but, so, so, you're definitely coming back and <laughs> tell Curtis, lick his wounds and he will come back as well. But this is where 
it, it just we need to be heard. Our argument is all the same. Everything that Kyle was saying, Monty was saying, I was saying, your brother was saying, which we're all saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just feel our approach needs to be different. Like you said, though, Nate, it's it's because they're all disconnected. Everything she said was perfectly valid. Oh, this morning. But everything she said was perfectly valid. And then it gave me another perspective on what Curtis was saying. Right. Because, but it's all of our stuff, everything that we want and go through and talk about is so disconnected. Thank you, Tony. And just like you said, it it needs to come together. Yeah. So, you know, we just dates together because you're coming back. Get your dates together because we about to make you thirty to three yards. Because it's not and I and I me and him have longer conversations off of here than we do on the show. So it, it's not that I don't understand him. I just feel like my I can't walk around with a hard heart anymore. I, I I'm not growing because of that. And the argument gets distorted when I'm hard hearted. Then it does if if I've healed my heart and I'm able to move on. And sometimes that has to happen first before I can move on. So it's it's all about just it's about perspective. And this mm-hmm. argument is never gonna get any better if half of us is hard-hearted and a portion of us don't care no more, and the other half is I well, I'm I'm in in it for me. And I don't see mm-hmm. any of those things in him. We talked a lot about family and things that we personally have shared mm-hmm. experiences. But it's just, I'm choosing, I can't be hard-hearted against women anymore. I can't be hard-hearted against the Black people who aren't achieving. Mm-hmm. I can't be hard-hearted anymore, just in general. I just, because I, I, that holds you down. That means you're not going anywhere. And we may get successful with that hard heart, but we really ain't going nowhere. We well, really haven't gone that. anywhere. We got we to gotta keep a... I understand where you're coming from because there's a lot of truth to that. But at the same token, we have to keep a portion of that hardness, right? Um, I'm doing the interview. A portion of that hardness. Because my twin here. Say hi. Hi. Hey. We got to keep a portion of that hardness, right, in order to push ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, is it hardness or is it focus? Is it hardness or is it focus? I'm glad you stated that. Because I feel like what he, where he is, is focus, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and um, I know my brother very, very well, and he's a very, very, every time, like, one of the hardest working <laughs> men I've ever seen in my life. I've seen mm-hmm. him work on something for, like, a month straight and not defer from it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and he's very family-oriented. Um, uh, right. Out of nowhere, we have all these boys in our family, and he's, like, the second father to all of them, on all of them, right? All of them love him, all of them adore him. Um, all of them are becoming well-rounded young black men in our family. Mm-hmm. So I think it is focused, focus, but I think at the same time, it is a hardness because you got to, when you realize that some things are right for you, mm-hmm. for your people, for your family, and for what the goal is, you got to make sure you are anchored and that you don't waver. You got to make sure that no outside influence can come in and infiltrate what you're building inside. And I believe that's been the main issue with but the black said, and, and what you just said is in your it's in your vocabulary. It's in the verbiage. Mm-hmm. And anchored mm-hmm. and focused is a lot better than hardened. Because hardened yeah. you not there's no growth there. It's mm-hmm. actually dying off. Yeah. Once your heart gets that hard, it's dying off. It's it not, becomes stubborn. But I, I get it and I understand mm-hmm. it and I appreciate you 
for coming on, and I'm a, I'm about to set some dates. <laughs> uh, can you tell people about your show? Um, I do a show called Let's Let's Chat. Right now, I go around interviewing mostly the uh, pastors in Baltimore City. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm doing that because uh, the church has been the Black Agenda hub for decades, you know, 60s, 60s, 50s, 40s, even during slavery, we would meet there. And that's where we would uh, come together and figure out what would be the next moves for our community. Right. Going around interviewing black pastors, young black pastors. I've been interviewing um, activists, uh, community leaders, and just different people. I haven't been on there for years. I haven't been on there for years. I'm just we can, we can, we can do the same. We can do this very same. Um, I, I'm supposed to be doing a series on black mental health in the black community soon, mm. but um, something, yeah, that's something that we really need to talk about, but that kind of get got disrupted. So me and you can come on and we can chat and just pow wow. And... All right. All right. Okay. All right, you thank guys. You, Tony, thank you. All I right, appreciate you. you. Have a good one. Appreciate you. you. But, um, so Kyle, as we, cause yeah. we're coming to the end of this conversation, um, in terms of um, feeling like we have to leave or being torn between leaving a stand and understanding all these things, all these topics that are surrounding the issue, uh, all that you just heard, where are you at right now? Well, it was a lot. Um, you know, I, to be, be honest with you, tonight. I did more, lis- I did more right. listening. I did more listening than talking, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I think that, you know, what everybody had to say was valid. And I feel like this, you know, this conversation isn't new. This conversation isn't new because this isn't the first time that any group of people who's been, um, you know, discriminated against where they're from felt like they had to leave. This is the whole point of immigration. This is the whole point of of being like some people trying to come to America as refugees. This is the whole point of of this of of people moving and going to different places. This isn't a new conversation. Mm-hmm. But it's about it right now it's about survival and it's about the best way that people know how to survive for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some people, it's, it's basically fight or flee syndrome right now. Right. You know, some people want to fight. Some people tired of fighting. They're ready to just run. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and awesome. both of those things, both of those things are valid. And you have to leave people room to do what it is that they need to do to survive. If th- that they need to do for their own stability and mental health it's going to be different for a lot of people. Some people are going to be like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Some people are going to be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really just depends on the person, but whatever the choice that people make, we have to be ready to support each other in that choice. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it comes from, Go ahead. you know, a lot of it comes from propaganda. Mm-hmm. Propaganda, meaning that people overseas see America as this beacon of something or another. Without and having a conversation re- with a citizen. <laughs> yep. And that and, and, wanna... that, and that um that idea that that perspective of America is being snatched from underneath them right now. Mm-hmm. And then they don't know. 
They don't mm-hmm. know. The propaganda is being sold that you see all these rappers and, and R&B and whatever, music artists, country, all of them. They live this certain lifestyle that has been sold all over the world. And this is where they came from. They came from America. But they don't know what the downtrodden looks like. Mm-hmm. The people that are the, the majority of us don't live that lifestyle. We try to as much as we can by going to the flea market and purchasing something that says uh, FUBU, Louis Vuitton, or whatever. But it's not real because we made that in our kitchen, in our basements. But we're seeing that we're seeing that right now in this quarantine. Right. We're, we're seeing artists fight for placement and, mm-hmm. and, and, and trying to figure out how everybody's scrapping. I don't care how wealthy you were right. in the midst of this. Everybody got concerned and mm-hmm. held on to their money a little bit tighter and, mm-hmm. and spent it a little. So that means we're all in the same space. And we just watched the financial. We almost watched the fin- we almost watched the financial system collapse. Mm-hmm. There's no change. We can't find coins. And we're still we're still in the midst of that. So it hasn't we haven't solved that issue yet. I, I just want us to get on it. We can all disagree and believe certain things. And Tonia and Curtis, their family, it come from a faith-based perspective. And I'm kind of in the middle of faith-based and bullshit. And and and, un, and all of us are coming from different perspectives of this conversation. We just have to realize the commonality because we're both saying the same thing. The war is saying the same for all of us. It's just how we're addressing it. How we define it. And I feel it. like we can't keep beating each other up off of the mistakes and decisions that we've made as Black people. We can't keep doing that. Like, we got to figure out solutions. I can keep bringing you the problem, but if you ain't brought me no solution, nigga, I'm going to keep doing the same thing. I don't have no other options mm-hmm. at this point. And you're bringing mm-hmm. me the problem. I, this is the problem. This is why you're you're messing up right now. This is your your problem, and it's 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 hard on us because many of us want more. I don't want to believe the mother that's been on social service her whole life don't want more. Can only see beyond her four block radius. I, mm-hmm. I want to say because look at what happened during this pandemic. The moment people got that stimulus and then look at what happened. Many of them started businesses. Many of them started. You know, opportunities, they start mm-hmm. traveling outside of their for We just need the opportunity. We need the resource to yeah. be not given to us, but us. we need to learn what the re- how to use the resource and then have it open to us so we can work towards it. So Here's I don't want to believe that we're all in this struggle without any concern or care because people want more from themselves. They want better. Mm-hmm. We just ain't never had the opportunity to really all of us get it. Mm-hmm. You know, Here's it's been question. in pockets. The chosen ones, the you know, the smart ones, the athletic ones. What right. about the rest of the people? Here's a who question. We don't have those specific talents or gifts. In this fight, right, do we need a leader? A particular leader. I think we need I I I think gone is the day where we can just have a Martin or just a Malcolm or a Huey P. Newton. I think we are in a space right now where we need various people to be able to speak on behalf of us. We need to learn the language so we can then speak for ourselves. But then what would be the method- methodology to keep it to keep it on track? In terms of the, the because struggle, we, I mean, we're, that experiment is happening right now. We have a million different leaders, but none of their voices are simultaneously saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, the, the thing I think the thing that happens is 
those leaders feel as though they're speaking for us. That's why I say we need to then be taught. So I think education needs to happen in a way where we are learning our system. Mm-hmm. I re- I'm, I'm remembering the, on the view where Sherry Shepard was open about not knowing anything. Sherry Shepard was a grown ass woman who had never voted, didn't know anything about voting, didn't any, un- un- understand anything. You know, if, if people knew that we chose the electoral college, mm-hmm. I think we would have more power in our black voice mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of us being understand that we actually do vote in the president, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on both sides of it. And see, we've I been think... only taught that our popular vote is is all we have. Mm-hmm. But education, I think, is the, the, the strongest place for us to be able to continue that. And our leaders, those leaders, or spokespeople that you don't speak for me, mm-hmm. you know, they get to a level of power and then it becomes, it becomes that's why I wasn't even talking about in the, in the fight of, you know, the government and stuff like that, because that's a whole different monster. They have, they're in a position where they have to deal with everybody, not right. a particular culture. I'm still, <laughs> I'm speaking on, do we see somebody that can help lead our movement? And it can't. I just think where we where we branch off is that we try to ask all of these different separatist leaders to speak for us, but, honestly, but their intentions Marnie, aren't I the think same. That's what it's going to have. It's going to have to be many voices from different perspectives because we can't have one leader. Like we had a Barack that was a great leader, but see, but he wasn't the leader of us. Leader that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to de- define what does our leader look like because our le- Barack wasn't our leader; he was America's leader. Uh, but if had had it been set up where we had leadership on all areas of not only government but on culture, and we had leaders within the school system, we need a voice in every aspect of this country. Mm-hmm. I don't think one sole leader, we're beyond the problem. And, I mean, it don't have to be one sole leader, but I'm thinking as far as organization is concerned, right. we're not organized. We're not. Yeah. Regardless yeah, if you look at the Black Caucus, if you look at the NAACP, or any of those organizations, we are not mm-hmm. organized. Well, mm-hmm. the, what, what I feel like the problem is, there are many people that are in those various forms that are fighting, but everybody feel like I'm on the front lines of the homeless struggle. I'm on the front lines of the educational struggle. I, mm-hmm. But none of those people are talking to each other. So, so because I can use, a, I can so use this as an example so to say saying, that the NRA is on the other on the other hand speaking for all of them because they have the most power. Right, and I think what you're yeah. saying, Nate, you're saying is that we need leaders in each each of these areas. Right. We need leaders in each of these areas to work together. That's what I mean by organization. If we had a leader that was on specific topics like education and so yes. on, that they all came together. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we need our own Congress, though. It's almost like we need our own end of the, in our own community of Congress that else also can represent us on that higher stage as well as on a platform that's nationwide. But because, see, I think I think we're already on a road to that. Look at the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Look at all the specifically the black women who have taken leadership roles in that. Look how on it we are with these issues now when it comes to discrimination. Mm-hmm. Now a white person can't get away with doing or saying certain things because there's an instant push. Now that push has to happen uh, from the community. But we have leaderships that guide us through the specifically those issues. Then, 
if we had that same type of organization within the educational system, within the government, within healthcare, in all the various conversational points, we would be, but those people have to then come together. But what's happening is the Black Lives Matter people feel like their their argument is more important. The people over here struggling for education feel like their thing. The health, everybody feel like their issue is more important than anything else. But all of those issues together is what we need. We need the togetherness. So they need to start, like you said, we need our own government. We, we need our own semi-government. Now, what happened was the NAACP used to be that government for us, mm-hmm. but they got too, uh, they got too into the, the selfies and the camera time. I don't know what you happened know, the with the NAACP. Jackson's I, I don't see them or hear them or, or notice them in any facet of my life besides the Image Awards. <laughs> so I don't know what <laughs> right, happened. Right. You it's know? become a, about the celebrity. Mm-hmm. So... I'm, a, I'm, I'm we're leaving this conversation with the idea that we need to be unified, not only in our, our actual unity, our physical unity, but our messaging. We, we need to either force the NAACP to be back where they were, mm-hmm. to do with the things that they, we've been promised that they were supposed to do for us. And then as a community, we can't leave our voice at the ballot box. Mm. It yep. needs us. We need to be continuously making sure we are uh, making our leaders, those individuals that we put into office Hold and to these outside leader positions, when they need to be held accountable. So mm-hmm. when I vote, I can't leave my voice there because I made my decision. Now y'all go. Y'all got four, two, six years. Get this shit together. And then at the end of that term, we realize they ain't did shit because we we right. left our voice there. You know, and it's so funny that you say that because discovering that um, Elijah Cummins wasn't my representative was, you know, (laughs) a sore spot for me because I always thought he was my representative in my district and he's not. Sarbanes is. And I've never met that man before in my life. Never seen him, never met him. Still don't know what he looked like. (laughs) But I should. Because you at one point should have knocked on my door. At one point, you should have knocked on my door. But now we realize as community, we need to go out there and get those things for ourselves. We can't wait on them to come to us because mm-hmm. they only come to us when it's election time. And then we like, well, who the hell are you? Well, you know, I've been your, your representative for the last umpteen years. Right. That's and what I'm saying. I've, I've, I've actually had words with <laughs> Elijah Cummins before, you know, the late Elijah Cummins. Mm-hmm. Thinking he was my district's representative. Now, you could say it was my fault for not investigating my own district further, but he was but the, in my community. Government, government he came into off of that confusion that we had. Right, because he's came know. into so my community, though. He's been here in my district that wasn't even his, mm-hmm. which is how I met him. Yeah. And that's weird to me. And the funny part is, is that I remember voting Sarbanes back in office because he was on a ballot and that was the only name I, recommend, I recognized because I'm an accountant and there's that Sarbanes-Oxley um, legislation in the, in, in the county. Now, what if he was what if he was a Trump-ass type of person? Mm-hmm. You would have been voting for somebody who that, you didn't Exactly. Even... Yeah. But, but well, we're, this conversation is going to continue because this is something that I'm educating myself more and more and I, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has made, you know, my 
this stint at Big Spose Radio so great because I've learned a lot. I've been more active in, say, politics and not just in my arts or education field, but just thank you to everybody. Thank you to Kyle, first of all, yeah, who no always call coming when I call him. Uh, Kyle, can you put... I wish I was able it? to say some more. <laughs> but we can. It's not over, Kyle. It's not my last day. Like, I but I, I, I want to continue the conversation. Maybe we can do like a, a private live where it's just you and I talking. Um, but uh, tell us where we can find you at your podcast and uh, where we can, you know, catch up on your writing and so, on your articles. Y'all can y'all can catch up on my articles on um, www.bearworldmag.com is usually where all of my stuff is. I'm the deputy editor and uh staff writer at Bear Row Magazine. Um, you can also hear my podcast is on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever streaming service you have. It's on there. Just just search for Bear World Podcast and you should be able to find it. There's also a player. If you go to bearworld.com, bearworldmag.com, there's a player um, where you can also hear the podcast from the website. So it's all up there. Just make sure you follow Bear World Mag on all socials at Bear World Mag on Twitter and uh, Instagram, and you'll be able to catch up catch up with everything. And you don't use a pseudo name, so they look up your name and all your articles. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kyle Jackson. So it's, go ahead. It's not the, it, no, I'm saying it's not the same as on Facebook. <laughs> No, 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 no. I didn't say anything about it. That's not what I posted you as. <laughs> soon, soon they'll be connected. We're working on Kyle connecting those things. So we go yeah, yeah, to yeah. that point. But Kyle, please continue to be safe. Um, Thank you. I will. Uh, and get your ass back here. I, you I know you love back. it not, and all. Not, Shout not, out to I'm your boo thing. You know I'm not uh, going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere yet. Not yet. Tell him I'm not opposed to coming in to get your eggs. I have a passport. Let him know that. <laughs> this is, you know, if things get unmisunderstood. But um, again, um, just being thankful. I didn't really do a lot because I was already working and I didn't really get to pay the attention to it. But uh, thank you, Marnie, for having this platform so I could be here this long and and um all the various hosts and other individuals that have made this this seven years and plus uh, so great and not so great. You know, you got to add everybody into it. But um, just being really, you know, happy and, and, and really positive that even in the midst of all this, we can really see past um, a lot of what's going on and focus on just the conversation. If it starts with a conversation, let's start there. You know, let's be respectful of each other. Let's really make sure we're keeping ourselves not hard-hearted. I understand what Tony was saying, but we can't be that. So uh, any last moments you want to say, Kyle, to Martique or his family or just in general? Yes, just, you know, just letting them know that they are in my thoughts and, um and my my well wishes, and I'm sending all the positive energy and goodbye good vibes I can to them, because everybody knows that Martique was like everybody loved Martique, mm-hmm. and you know just you know as 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 off the wall and goofy and crazy and lovable and endearing as he was, everybody just really 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 loved Martique, and so 
Um, I just hope that they know and they feel that love and they feel that love that we have for Martique extended to them. Right. So, yep. And I'm going to keep that, I'm going to, you know, as long as I can keep that alive. And this was just a hard, like, Martique was that little brother. And I yeah. just want, want everybody to just see each other. So I think the example that Martique had that left us all with is give people their flowers today. Don't wait until you're standing over top of them or you're giving a memorial speech. Give people their flowers today. Tell them how great they are today. Support them today. Love on them today and give them the things that are necessary to help them move forward today. Don't wait. You know, I know some of us in our own lives and we get attitudes with each other. We angry. But. I, I can honestly say if I've ever done anything that offended or disrespected anybody, I apologize um, and vice versa. And I accept that, you know, I accept the apology in return. But today is not the day to stay stuck in being hard hearted. We got to drop that. Give people their flowers today. And. Uh, yeah. That's just and I just want to let people know the next time I get on the next time I get on the podcast, you know, I'm going to be a little bit louder and crazy. I'm just trying to be quiet right now because uh, it's late here, so I can't be as loud as I want to be. So that's the reason why I'm, I'm probably sound like I'm at a funeral or something because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because he was, it's he was, late. you know he did he had to be comfortable. I get it. You just wanted everybody to be comfortable. I get you. With the phony throw out bitches. of that shit. Sometimes people got to be uncomfortable. But um, so don't hang up yet, but Kyle, but this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BigSpoilsRadio.com. Everybody, if that, that will hear this, if you're listening tomorrow, just send some love to the Artist Exchange page, even if you add us, uh, cash at me, you know, whatever. That was clever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely continue to support the Artist Exchange Radio Show, Big Spoils Radio. Again, if you're looking for a place to bring your show, if you you have a show, you need a new home, so on and so forth, Big Exposed Radio, uh, email us at info at bigexposedradio.com uh, and let us know you want a show in a subject bar and we will get on it. Uh, peace out, everybody. Thanks again, Kyle. Thanks again, Marnie. Thanks again, Tony and Curtis. Appreciate you and peace out. See you Monday. <laughs> How people close in second period. That's that. Right. That's that's not no no. Oh, I, I have to.